Welcome to Caribbean Millennials. Good day, listeners. Welcome to another exciting episode on the Caribbean Millennials podcast. Boom. How are you guys feeling this week? Um, uh, cautiously optimistic. How about that? That's a really good way to put it. I think I agree with that. I don't know if it's because it's warming up here in New York City, so lots of masks are off now, but cautiously optimistic sounds like it. I'm just chilling, you know, chilling like a villain. Mm-hmm. Hoping that they don't ask me to come to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever they ask to open Vernon, up. Yeah. Whenever they ask Vernon to come back to work, it's going to be that episode of the podcast like, oh, guys, you won't believe it. <laughs> yeah. That, that day is coming soon. No, 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 no. Let me show you how I know I'm not meant to go into work anytime soon. And thank you. Man- manifest that energy. <laughs> I changed the battery on Anushka's car this week, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Let me change the battery on mine one time. So I go to my car and I'm getting ready to change the battery and I'm trying to move a bolt and the bolt snaps. Breaks in half. Breaks apart in half. And I'm like, well, can't put a battery in here because the terminal is not going to stay. It's not going to stay on the battery terminal. Uh Close this shit. This is a sign. (laughs) I'm not going to drive the car anyway. Or he's like self-sabotaging. So when they say, hey, back to work, he's like, sorry, Sorry. <laughs> and that's exactly how you manifest the life you want. <laughs> All right. So if y'all are hand this, gonna be a task. Yeah. <laughs> so if y'all are hand this great advice, manifesting your life, you know, manifesting what you want. This voice that we have on here is Sharifa Khan, but she goes by Shay or at Shay Shots on mm-hmm. Instagram. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, Sharifa is Guyanese background, so GT represents. Yes, GT. Um, but um, grew up in New York, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a background in finance and photography. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shit, yes. Hold on, hold on. What do you shoot with? <laughs> Are that you asking what, I, what my camera That's is? What do you shoot with? I can't tell if you want to know if this is a punchline. <laughs> oh, I use a Nikon. I'm a Nikon user. I recently converted Ooh. from Canon, but uh, no, no, no. I feel you. I would 100% go back to Canon. I upgraded Ooh. to Nikon because the industry here uses prefers Nikon a lot, and I found that for all the people Ooh. I was working for, they would prefer a Nikon. So I got the D850, and I would. I would go back. I would, uh, yeah. It's great. I'm not going to lie. The print quality is magnificent with that megapixels. But I don't know. I Canon's just feel familiar, like home to me. I want you to know you're talking to two of the biggest Sony fanboys right now. <laughs> no, no, no. And Sony honestly, out. if I knew how to use Sony at all, that's where I would go to. 100%. Especially one of my good friends, he's a Sony everything for um video that he does and it's beautiful. Nothing really compares to it to be honest. Okay. Right. I wow. feel like y'all have found a new friend in Shay. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. no no. 
we could talk about that all day. That's why I was like, mm, I'm not sure if this is about to be a punchline or you really want to know what I'm using. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know what to do. It's like talking about like, okay, so, you know, know what other people are shooting with out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been stalking your photography page. So I was like, hmm, I wonder what she shoots with. Those colors don't <laughs> look Sony or Canon y. But... Right. Well, Sony-like. well, they look yeah. nice, Tony. Now, <laughs> now you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So even more interesting than her background in finance and photography, um, Sharifa is the founder of Brockout Media, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So Sharifa is also an advocate for Caribbean representation and also sharing the Indo-Caribbean voice. Um, So Sharifa, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and Brookout Media? Yes, of course. So thank you so much for that lovely background. Um, it's so I've been I was speaking to someone recently that this year has been such a whirlwind for me because you know they tell you to keep putting work right they keep telling you it's okay even when you fail to keep putting out this work and you'll get to a point in your life where you understand why you took each step that you did and after five years of not knowing what or why I was doing certain things this is the first year where I'm starting to see that that is completely accurate if you have a dream in life and there's something that every night you think about you have to put the work into it every day. And that's really what I did for these five years. I did work in finance out of college. But previous to that, I I did so many things. I was actually an activist and working in advocacy for a very long time, since I was 18 to 25. I did a lot of advocacy within my community. Um, And then I also worked for the city. So if you ever heard of the New York City Department of Mental Health and Hygiene, um, I basically designed the landscape of universal pre-kindergarten in New York City um, using basically what they call active living to implement like um, play areas or curriculum into pre-K sites that promote children's well-being in terms of like their emotional growth, but also their physical growth. Because we live in a society now where everything is, oh, give your kid an iPhone, give your kid the iPad, you know, to distract them. And it's, and I don't blame parents for that. We live in a very different world where even parents have more to take on than before, but our children are really lacking in that physical activity. So previous to even working in finance, I helped develop that. And that was a really rewarding part of my life. But Working for the city is working for something that has a lot of bureaucracy, which means that everything moves really, really slow. You can have the best idea out there. You can have the solution to world hunger in your head. And you could be like, this is it. And everyone can agree with you. And it'll take a hundred years to get the city to do it because there's so much politics behind it. And for me, Mm -hmm. I found that unsettling. I was like, I can't sit in a space where I see my community right here in Richmond Hill. We need so much. I can't sit here working for the city and knowing I'm going to give 50 years of my life for a retirement for no change to occur where I grew up and come back home and see my people struggling in the same way. And so that's ultimately how I started doing the photo work that I did because I've always been a very creative visual person and everyone has their own method, right? Like everyone mm-hmm. wants, like partakes in advocacy in different ways. And for me, it was understanding that Caribbean people, we are some of the best people on earth. No, no offense to other groups of people or anything like that, but you go anywhere in the island and somebody will make you 
feel like you're at home. You don't have to ever have known this person and they will give you a shirt from their closet and food if you need it. And you can't find that that personality everywhere, you know? And I think because we're such a humble people that sometimes people forget how much we need, how much we still haven't progressed or how much there still needs to be done for us because we don't, we're not complainers. We're not like people that are going to stand up for certain things, whether that's because we just are easygoing or whatever the case is, but it's been difficult for us to navigate those spaces. And all I knew in my heart is that some way I need our people to see themselves in a way that makes them feel like, oh, I am deserving of having this level of life, having this level of community, having these resources made available to me. And the way that I saw that happening is through the visual process. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't see yourself in art, and I don't think that a lot of people think about this as much as they do, but even film, TV, things like that, that's how people started getting empowered. When the scope of TV changed and it stopped being just white people and they introduced Black people and gave Black people voices and showed Black stories, Black people were like, okay, I am valid. I need to be seen. I deserve to be seen. And that Mm -hmm. same emotion is true for all underprivileged groups of people that have suffered at the hands of slavery, indentured labor, colonialization, all of these issues that have impacted the islands. And so that's ultimately how I started working more intimately with the visual process, showcasing the Indo-Caribbean narrative, which is one that's, you know, not as talked about nowadays, a lot more talked about, which is great because I want to believe that in some ways my work has inspired other people to see value in it. Um, And then also because this is something that I find difficult to navigate, but My parents are Indo-Caribbean, but my father ultimately has Black and Indigenous roots. Uh, My grandmother's parents, that's their background. And we carry like a mixed background. And so if you've seen a recent shoot that I've done in Guyana with um, my cousins who are Black, Indigenous and Indo-Caribbean presenting all in one frame, it's sort of honoring that like we have so many sides to us and it's never going to be easy to understand Caribbean people. It's always going to come with a lot of weight and a lot of context. And I'm just willing to continuously explain that. And that's how the work in Brookout happened. Because I was like, I'm happy to have created this base with Indo-Caribbean narrative, but there's so much more to talk about. There's so much for us to see how we belong to one another. And ultimately, that's how I believe we're going to prosper is when we look at ourselves and see community and then just keep wanting to build with one another in any way possible. Right. And I feel like even with the diaspora, with us spreading out, right, there's Mm -hmm. the need to expand that sense of community further and wider to like where we where we've been, even Mm -hmm. kind of in a digital space as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So even um, when we um, decided to create this podcast, it was in part because there was a there was Caribbean content missing from the, mm-hmm. the podcast, podcast podcast right. space. Um, we felt like, you know, we all listen to podcasts, but so, if I wanted to hear one of my people in, you know, the way that we spoke with our friends, no like there that. wasn't anything mm-hmm. at the time for us to, to, to listen to our content for us to consume. And then even, you know, at the time scrolling through Instagram, you know, I, I loved it, but, 
it it I still felt that there was a gap that only defined us as Caribbean people on on Instagram or on social mm-hmm. media as like carnival, fets, food, mm-hmm. and comedy. And oh yeah, was, and that was really yeah. it. There wasn't so much like relating to culture or from our point of view, like what we think, what we no, go even, through. Not even mm-hmm. that alone. Like we modern. People who just fit mm-hmm. and drink and party. Yeah, we, we have, have right. we and have, we we're have so doctors, intelligent. We have engineers. Mm-hmm. We have right. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I love that you guys mentioned that. Like, I honestly makes me feel a little bit emotional because when I started this work, that's exactly how I felt. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yes, you know, you catch me every Friday night. I'm probably gonna be at the club in the scene, like <laughs> having a good time. Meet me at Juve. But at the ending of the day, there was also so many other aspects to me that I felt like weren't seen and my community that weren't seen. And so I love that you mentioned like, yes, we're known for having a good time. We could be out in the sweat. We can we have great food. But like, what about the actual depth to who we are? And when I decided to do breakout media, I knew I was going to base it on that depth. And I also knew that it would be hard to get other Caribbean people to be receptive of it. Because for so long, we've only defined ourselves by, like you said, food comedy carnival three those three things period and for them to like especially the content that we're putting out in june and july of this year it's going to be content that people are going to have a really hard time digesting and wanting to see because it's so much more reflective and also just so much more celebratory of the other aspects of who we are and i hope that people are open to more than just doing TikToks, waving around a GT flag or whichever flag. I really hope that we can get to a place where we value more content based on ourselves. But the fact of the matter is people are still a little trying to catch up now. Like now they're starting to feel value. So maybe in another year or so, they'll be like, okay, let's move on to the next step. Yeah, and I really feel like we really need to create a bridge between like that, like, fun represent yeah you know Mm -hmm. party time and then like the uber seriousness of like what you'll find like governments or older generations like how they want to speak about exactly Mm -hmm. right i feel like there's this huge like disconnect on the spectrum Mm -hmm. and you know we're just trying to kind of fill fill the gap so i mean let's talk about media a little bit more Mm -hmm. right and i guess how we felt that the Caribbean or Caribbean people may have been like misrepresented in the media, right? Mm -hmm. So what are kind of things you feel we need to combat when it, when it comes, comes to that, right? Mm -hmm. I know like even (laughs) accents and casting and stuff, right? Is uh, a hot mess express. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. I don't think anybody's gotten it right yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I guess even just like the the storytelling or like what you'd make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm there's a show on Netflix. You're gonna remember it when I describe where mm-hmm. the girl made a joke about like what does she think I'm an indentured laborer or something like that. You know, right, know? right. You know, the so- never have I ever. <laughs> exactly yes. right and mm-hmm. it, it it would have never been anything to come out of any of our mouths right of of right. kind of coming from from that origin so mm-hmm. um you want to share a bit of your thoughts on that yes of course i have so many thoughts on this <laughs> um, 
mostly it makes me sad because mm. the thing is, and this this stems back to me describing how I feel about Caribbean people, is that we are so willing to be friendly, right? Let's say friendly. And so mm. I feel sometimes that gives people a pass at everything that we are because mm. we are these people that you can look to to take care of you or be there for you or whatever the case is. You know, like I know if I need something, I'll go to my Caribbean neighbors before I'm going to go to somebody else. But at the ending of the day, we don't have boundaries. And so people feel like they can access us in any way they want at any time. And if they didn't feel that way, a comment like that from Never Have I Ever would never have happened. And you know what's funny? They wouldn't have made a comment like that about, you know, maybe um, like if she was describing that she was locked up in the house and feeling like she couldn't escape from it. They would have never said, I feel like I'm in a concentration camp. Why? Because that's insensitive. That's degrading yeah. an entire situation that Jewish people and other groups of people went through of trauma and horror. So you know not to make something like that a joke because it isn't a joke, period. Neither is indentured labor, neither is slavery. But because we in the Caribbean have a harder time expressing those histories to other people, they don't even yeah, understand like what we just, we've gone through. I feel like we don't even really like talk about it or hold on to it as like our struggle exactly like as like the jews would right mm-hmm. like i or i feel like oh right i mm-hmm. think we just accept and I that it know, happened and I, we want to yeah. move forward right And I think that um, for me, because wellness is always also a big part of what I do and what I hope to do as I continue with Breakout is for I studied psychology. That's what I got my degree in. It's so behaving the way that we do is a trauma response. It's there. We don't have our community, especially back home. My family's back home in Guyana, don't have the tools to even if they started to think about the trauma that their ancestors went through would not be able to work past it. So their brain and our brains naturally just say, well, we have to block this out and move on because we don't have any tools to deal with the depression and anxiety that will befall upon us if we open that box up. And I do, I believe that's why our parents stuff their emotions down. Most of us have parents mm-hmm. who are not very, you know, vocal about emotions or, or act like, you know, or express things the way that our generation is now coming out of our shell and expressing things and feeling because they yeah, have like, to just what you go for, cold. You know, right, exactly. Yeah. And that's a lot of, a lot of things that we've experienced growing up, what we didn't realize that these behaviors are stemming from them having to close off parts of their emotions in order to carry on, in order for have their parents to have continued, or we wouldn't have been able to make it to the point where we're having this conversation right now. And so I feel like other people aren't being as patient as they need to be with our community. And it becomes stressful because now we live in a time of social media, right? Where everybody can grab everything, make that comment like they did and never have I ever. And we don't even have time to explain ourselves we don't even have time to give them a history lesson because they've already taken it and we have already to go through this trauma again of people taking more from us and it's like yes we want to own our stories and we should and that's why with brakat i'm starting to say no we have to we have to because if not and we don't get people to understand this consistent of taking from us is going to continue 100 percent. and i i feel like a way of combating that is we need to encourage and we all need to become storytellers right mm-hmm. yep and um yeah basically I, tell the story ourselves yeah yes. right? and i think 
that's also difficult because I think this is also something you address, right? Mm-hmm. Um, generationally, right? Like our parents, grandparents or whatever didn't really encourage these like creative outlets and storytelling right. and that kind of stuff because it wasn't like a, a career path that they could see. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or Exactly. Ooh, still living that right now. <laughs> or, or they didn't like embrace that okay even if it's not a career path this is work that needs to be done right because their right. mind was on some you know they had a different problem or their mind was you know somewhere completely different from right um from from where we are so i guess how do we encourage others build mm-hmm. up each other right to be storytellers mm-hmm. or embrace stories or find the confidence to tell our story um and mm-hmm. then on the flip side of that as well like do you still think the general expectations have that weight on us still I I, <laughs> I think that the first way to yes there's a it's a big question it's something I think about a lot and have thought about a lot over the, the years that I've decided to do visual storytelling but I think one of the ways that we encourage it is this right here the fact that you've even asked for my opinions and the fact that you've invited me here to speak and we're having this back and forth kind of investigating what can we do I think that's the first step is that people have to be willing to have the conversation to say what can we do and how can we get it done because a couple of years ago for me personally let's and it's for me I'm 26 and at 18 I couldn't have ever seen myself doing this work my parents were highly against it not encouraging at all. And I think at this age, they're starting to see that um, there's some value in it. And also that they personally, their opinion won't help because I'm still going to do it anyway. (laughs) But um, I think that we just have to be brave enough to put the work out there, whether our community is ready to hear it and see it or not. And that's what I've had to learn. Because when I started doing this work, people, the amount of no's that I've gotten to partake in my work I could have cried my way to God knows where with the amount of tears I had and just picked up a different career path because nobody wanted to do it. The Indo-Caribbean people in my community were like, what? You want to do what? You want to, I don't know about that. Like they just were very, I guess, scared, maybe uncertain of how it would be received. Maybe they didn't feel value in a Guyanese or a Trinidadian or Indo-Caribbean identity and didn't want to put themselves out there like that. But I had to like knock on doors figuratively, you know, going through Instagram, reaching out to people until I could find the right people who agreed. And the people who did agree though, were always very excited and very like on board. Um, But that kind of dynamic is what taught me that our community is going to do things in small doses. And it's just going to take the people who have the courage to do it constantly pushing, constantly putting out even on the days where it feels like, what am I doing? And just remembering that there's a bigger goal at hand. And I think to go back to your other question about, you know, like, is there still a generational issue? And do we feel like we can cross those roadblocks? I 100% think we can. Again, it just comes from building our own confidence in ourselves that let us speak out because for a lot of Caribbean people, they can have that fear from, you know, maybe having these discussions with their parents and even saying like, hey, this is what I want to do. Do you guys want to partake in this project with me? And maybe explaining to them what value it is because also understanding that our, even just our parents don't even 
feel that value. They never had an opportunity to feel that value because a lot of them immigrated here, immediately succumbed to whatever lower middle class is here and worked for 25, 30 years to support the children that they had. And in that time span, there was never never a moment for them to be seen or heard and they got used to it. And so our generation, um, go ahead, go ahead. And I think um, coming from somewhere else, it was probably their greater priority to assimilate more than mm-hmm. anything, yep. right? Exactly. To, to be loud and call attention. It's yep. no, I'm coming here to live this, my version of this American life. Exactly. And just life. to make money and provide for my family. Right. It doesn't even matter. Yeah. Come and fight these people mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. I think that's a very, very valid point and plays a role in why too they may not understand why they came here, worked so hard to blend in, and now all of their kids are like, okay, but we want to go back. We want to go back. We want to wrap our flag up and down the street. And they're like, what's wrong with you? Well, and I think it's probably like also, it was the foundation that those parents provided, right? Because Mm -hmm. they may have assimilated outside of the home, but Mm -hmm. inside of the home, they probably kept it very Guyanese, very Trini, very Jamaican, very whatever. You know, like you go, um, you know, they, they talk you know proper you quote unquote properly right, right. outside or whatever <laughs> and, and when they come switching. inside coach yeah. exactly touch the tail probably playing that that, that calypso that soca oh yeah me, you know whatever all of right? it yes a hundred percent so and with that they had that sense of identity of who, right you know they were and they maybe kept that in the home and you know did different outside but for mm-hmm. people who are maybe i guess first generation second generation whatever it mm-hmm. then it it's almost like the complete opposite because they're experiencing this um, american you know life or that they're they're american in a sense right mm-hmm. but they have this culture that they didn't grew up in that country and so they may feel like you know we need to rep this yeah, you but, know and, and, uh, right hard be proud thing, and yeah. it's right. a differentiating factor as no, well yeah, another thing it could be is that maybe some of them just want to share it with the world they want everybody to mm-hmm. experience yes. it and know like how great being from the caribbean is because right. like, is. for mm-hmm. me like i want people to know how great caribbean music is All right <laughs> To the point that a lot of these American artists sample our music and mm-hmm. use it mm-hmm. and whatnot. Why don't you listen to sample? Go and listen to the original. Go straight to the <laughs> well, and, and I mean, even you saying that, right? Just kind of experience take... our amazing food. Mm-hmm. See mm-hmm. how hard we work. We we hard workers. <laughs> yeah and i mean even to just kind of take it back to the media like you bring it into music right like mm-hmm. ugh, would, we're like appropriated and like uh-huh. you know part and whatever in so many different ways without actually getting credit and i feel like even right. just the people who've like made it quote unquote for the caribbean mm-hmm. it's like that's now set as what the Caribbean is, and right? Like the Rihanna, the right. Usain Bolt. Right. You know? <laughs> let's, let, all right, let's go. Music, prime example, eh? Rihanna. Uh-huh. Rihanna. I want to hear the music. Music, but to me, she had to change her music to yep. sound like American mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. to make mm-hmm. it. That's not necessarily Caribbean music. Exactly. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they may have made it, but they didn't really... You know, I still remember when on the replay. We, 
there was the St. Lucia Jazz Festival where they bring like artists and stuff. And Rihanna had just just come out. It it, it was even before she like blew up. Blew up, right? Right. And mm-hmm. she comes out and performs and was it was like Pondy replay and like it the singing like in person it was not it, like the performance was whack right and we were like what I hope Rihanna don't hear this, this? <laughs> Rihanna's I PR team is about to come for all of us but, but even I like, it to be amazing but I feel like but... Rihanna then versus Rihanna now right Rihanna mm-hmm. then was trying to fit into something right like right. look the hair the styling the whatever versus who she is now now yep yeah she really grew into her own person for sure and a very powerful symbol of the caribbean i think someone here mentioned that it's great that she has transcended the borders of the caribbean and been able to share her identity with the world but there's still so many people that have things to offer different music sounds that still need to be celebrated and i 100 percent agree with that as well and it's so funny because when i started broke out and i was telling people like trying to explain the mission i was like basically how i could explain it to you is i love rihanna and i want to work with her on something one day but this platform is not for rihanna this platform yeah. is for mm-hmm. us for the people who are doing work every single day, for the people who need uplifting and to celebrate within a community with one another. And that's why a lot of the times on Breakout's platform, we don't really feature um, posts on the feed with like big named celebrities or, or throw around current content in that sense, because this platform is for the community, for us, for who's doing work like this, or that you guys are doing or art that other people are doing or work or music. We have a music segment coming out well, it was going to drop tomorrow, um, you know, for Caribbean Heritage Month. We were going to celebrate with different Caribbean artists each Monday. However, that's still going to happen, but I'm not dropping that right now. It feels it's not the right time. There's a lot of things time. going on in our country at the moment. And Brookout would like to remain as an ally to that and continue to develop. We created a resource list for the Black community and for other people to read up and donate if they need to. And we'd like to continue our energy there because it's just not the time. But when it is... Just like somebody mentioned in here, musicians are is definitely something we want to celebrate and highlight instead of having Lily Singh come and try to remake music and mm-hmm. put it out on Instagram. <laughs> There's so many Caribbean artists who are have original sound, are putting out original music, and is still adhering to the sounds that we're familiar with that need to be in the in the spotlight. And it's our job to uplift our people at the ending of the day. We don't need to wait on society too. You see the thing for me. If we were just only musicians, like I can understand people saying like, oh, you are one trick ponies and whatnot. But like, mm-hmm. we, more, we have artists, like actual like painters. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, we've got, yep. Actors, all these like. Yes. Well, and <laughs> you guys think, you guys are going to see a great celebration of all of that. Something, I love that you said that because that's exactly the, a big point of Brakkad is to celebrate art in very, a lot of different mediums. Um, and so we have a lot of different highlights. I don't want to give away too much of the content dropping, but you will see there's a lot of different segments that are coming out on Breakout that do different purposes to handle different arenas of what the Caribbean is doing. Because at the ending of the day, when you go on Media, you want to see that dynamicness. You don't want to go there and just see, oh, look at these carnival looks or oh, look at this one thing. It's going to be so much mm-hmm. that people should feel overwhelmed because we have so much to give. And we have so much to offer, and it's we need to showcase that even 
in any way possible. Yeah, I think the area that also needs more development is, you know, it's great seeing creatives, you know, trying to push and tell stories and, Mm -hmm. you know, do. But there's still so much, like, when it comes to, like, lack of resources, even if... Mm -hmm you're like coming up in the Caribbean, you know, and and want to get into something. Like we don't have a lot of islands um, and I'm sure even just the ones that do have like a film mm-hmm. industry or anything right. like that. Right. right. Um, you know, there's still a lot of those gaps and I hope that we can someday start kind of filling those and actually starting mm-hmm. to create a path for our people who want to pursue those those things um, I, I remember yes, in school, I hope so too. there were so many people who were like great at drama and would have been a great actor or something but they had to pursue something else because they couldn't see you know see a path or great mm-hmm. dancers so many great dancers but you know it, it's how how do you kind of you of know, course and a lot of the so man if I tell you all our long-term girls for Bucca we're gonna be on this podcast for a long time but (laughs) that's all of these things that we're discussing is work that we really truly want to take on and you know maybe hard for people to see because we're at a ground level still but our dream is to one of our biggest dreams is to have an ongoing mentorship program that reaches out across borders. Like it's not specific to any area. Brecca, it's not supposed to be specific to New York either. It's of course difficult because that's where I'm stationed, but at some point of life, it's supposed to transcend those borders. And it has been starting to pick that up. And, and um, um, someone working with us is from the Bahamas, which is really, really nice to like have a voice there. And then by using a mentorship capacity, be able to reach back to like, if, like you just said, you were sitting in class and you knew people. Well, those people could come on Breakout and find a mentor to get matched to. And that person can right. help guide them onto like what to look for, what to do, how to pitch, how to form yourself. Because there's bigger issues overall for each island and each home place to take on, but we can start at least by providing a voice that can guide because that's the biggest thing that's missing for us. We don't know who to turn to and ask, I need this help. I can do this. I have a cousin back home who I, I looked at her for two seconds. I said, you can be a model. You can be front cover. You have what it takes. She's only about, I want to say 10, 11. And she understands her, like she can, you could tell her to pose and she'll completely understand her body and you know there's grown models who can't you need so much guidance I'll tell them a little bit to the left a little up you know fix your eye this girl on cue and I bet for her she maybe doesn't even think about the fact that I said that to her but I keep it in my head because I'm like if I can make that happen for her I'm gonna try to figure it out and I think it just takes us starting that first step to reaching back and remembering our family and and finding those resources for them like you said resources is key visibility is key and if they can see it and they can get that hand more, then they'll have more options to keep building and growing in these fields. Right. And I think even just the fact that you told her, right, like as an older person to look up to coming and presenting that as an option, right? You could be mm-hmm. a model, right? There are people who maybe when we were growing up or before our time, right, that would have never mm-hmm. gotten somebody saying, you could do this, you know. Right. <laughs> so I think even just providing that as a, like, pathway for somebody to even start thinking of, of their options from a right. young age. Uh, yep. So, and I actually submitted a photo of her to something recently. So fingers crossed it gets printed because <laughs> if she sees herself that way, if she can see mm-hmm. it and she has that validity behind what I've, 
actually said to her. I hope that it could lead to something for her, for sure. Right. And I mean, the pathway to this this solution, you know, the pathway to solving mm-hmm. this problem that, that we're talking about is, mm-hmm. um, in a sense, like representation, right? Because... Right. You, you said seeing herself. Yes, that would be awesome. But, if but even if you're constantly seeing other people of who... The Caribbean mm-hmm. out there like that, it'll yep. have an effect on the younger people thinking, mm-hmm. well, exactly. can do, I can do it too. I can be an actor. I can be a model. I mm-hmm. can be a singer. All these types of things. So. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. But I think that also transcends past just the creative space. It's like mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. In, in anything, Everything. right? Yeah. So, um, Shay, I heard you um, speaking on um, TAP's Gal Summit, right? And Mm -hmm. one of the things you were promoting was networking, right? Kind of as a solution, that as a form of kind of building a Caribbean community. So do you want to kind of speak about that a little bit more and your directory? Yes, of course. So networking all ties back into this whole concept of mentorship that Brookout really wants to create. And so we're currently in a process of developing a program based off of the directory. So, you know, those that may be listening for the first time, um, the point of the directory that is on Brookout.media, you can submit a profile on yourself, no matter who you are, what industry you work in. You can submit a profile on yourself where you talk about your work and talk about the space that you're in. And the point of that is so exactly what was just mentioned in this podcast is that you can see somebody working that, you know, maybe. So, for example, one of my cousins, she works in like a medical lab and she does like examinations for gene structure and blood samples and things of that nature. But that's not something I necessarily would have thought about pursuing actively or forensic science or politics even is a big one for women in our community. And right now is a hot spot time for Caribbean women who are standing up for themselves. For example, Felicia Singh, who's running in um, right in District 32 here and trying to empower her community. And imagine seeing a profile on her and thinking, wow, maybe I can go into politics. And so we just want people to be able to see other people accomplishing these goals and be able to connect with them if they need to. And then ultimately, we'll be creating a mentorship list based off of those people where people can sign up um, to our newsletter uh, right on the Media site. You can sign up and we're going to have a membership concept come out in June where if you want to receive a mentor, you're going to fill out a form and we'll try our best to match you to one. And the goal of this is create a network of Caribbean people. Our mantra is for us, by us. And it came to me one day, I was saying something to somebody and I was so angered by something. And I just said, like, we need to do this for us and it needs to be done by us. And I was like, that's, that's it. Like, that's what the point of Brooke is. It's, it's for you to come here and receive guidance in any way that you can. And networking, like I had mentioned, is so important because I come from a, a white space. You know, my career path launched me to exist in the white space and I watched how these people moved and how my co-workers moved up ranks really swiftly quickly and I was like how how is that the case you started here yesterday I do half of your workload I know sure it's like you don't understand half of your role here so how did you become director of so-and-so in a couple of months and the matter of fact is they network a lot They go out with these people. They see them on a day-to-day basis. They form relationships outside of the workspace. And when people feel like that you're your friends and you have this kind of like relationship to one another, you're more likely to help that person. And that's something that we have to get used to doing in the Caribbean is not only 
interacting at the parties, at the backyard parties, at the club and things like that, but saying, hey, do you want to grab lunch? Do you, you know, reaching out to someone and say, hey, can you, like, can I get you coffee? I really need to understand how you did this, this and this. I need some guidance and not being afraid of that because our own people will be the people that help us get to the top. And, um, and yeah, so that's the whole essence of why I believe strongly in networking because yes, we've accomplished so much and we have so much more to go. And that's going to come from all of us building together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. I totally agree. With Indeed. You. <laughs> Adani, <laughs> Vinan, you have any questions? Other questions for Sharifa? No, no. Um, I feel like we, you know, we touched some good topics and, and I agree. It's just we need to get ourselves out there, get people seeing Caribbean people more. I mean, you don't want to have a white man representing a Caribbean person in a movie. Right. So. <laughs> that's my worst yeah. fear I, yeah. is that no, i'm gonna wake up it. to that <laughs> oh lord i see that because it's something we keep seeing happening like there was this like yes. movie about something in japan and they had like matt damon as a samurai like, <laughs> right like, yes yeah, so i don't or what's, one day what's that damon girl's name um, what's that girl's name from um, avengers that they cast in everything about. Oh my God! Exactly. I can see her face. Scarlett, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> yes. yes. We don't want to wake yep. up and Scarlett Johansson is playing Rihanna in the Rihanna biopic. <laughs> don't oh, speak oh, on that. Oh, don't oh, make oh, that happen. <laughs> we don't want that. So yeah, we no, not have at to all. Get, you know, get ourselves out there and and and, and <laughs> Matt I Damon is Beanie Man. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness no. oh god i have to open this window up i'm starting to sweat in here <laughs> yeah 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 we don't want that we we want we want it to be actual caribbean people because i exactly. feel like that lens, that 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 only a caribbean person can truly represent the caribbean exactly and the well and it's not just the words right it's the attitude the That's flavor what I'm only a caribbean person yep. can represent the whole the vibe be truly authentic, uh, authentic mm -hmm, Caribbean. Mm -hmm, Calm, mm -hmm. right. active, and you know. So and it's something you know, a, a lot of accent. people. Exactly, a lot of people do try to. I've noticed, and this is another thing that really fueled my work. Is I went to a school with a large South Asian population, and they did not like Caribbean people, <laughs> especially Guyanese mm -hmm. girls. They they had a very negative opinion of us. They felt we watered down their culture. They felt we didn't, you know, we were vulgar or we were too free. And it was very strange for me coming from the, the school I came from where everybody was Caribbean in some way, shape or form and going into that space and seeing people say, who are you? And then turn around a couple of years later and realize how great our vibe is. And now they're trying so hard to fit into that vibe and to emulate that vibe and a lot of that has fueled my work because i said you know what you tried to dim our light and now we have to come back and make sure we shine and that's just it at the ending of the day yeah no, but, yep. but big up to you and props to what you're doing and because i can see this in the long run being very good for us and helping and you know getting the caribbean out and helping like younger caribbean people see themselves as you know more seeing that they can do more and be known on well, the, the and that they can do more being themselves exactly and representing mm -hmm. where they came yeah. from versus right that's important having, yes yeah versus being able to do it but having, having to, to emulate and, America and, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Or something, I'm right? so and, glad that you said that 
Because you're seeing it, right? You're seeing it mm-hmm. with the YouTubers and stuff like that. Um, you know, yep. we we kind of spoke yep. about it on our personal branding episode with Jamila a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. where you're you're seeing people on YouTube. Hey guys, like, comment, subscribe. <laughs> but they from Ooh. you. Know, that that scared me. Don't do that back. Don't do that back. Right, right. <laughs> but they, but they from the Caribbean, and they doing the same content the Americans and North Americans are doing. Exactly. The, yep. the, pranks. the pranks. The whatever. Right. Versus trying to show the content and create Just content of where be they mm-hmm. came yourself. from. Be yourself. You know, exactly. You know, say. In, in when you're talking, say, Oh, you got someone get that for me, and don't try to <laughs> change how you're speaking for people to I understand. To like, I right. love when, like, like maybe Anushka calls me or my mom calls me, and I speak on the phone, and people around me hear me, and they're like, Were you speaking another language? I'm like, No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. We, we have so much potential, and we, we just mm-hmm. don't exploit as much as we should. Mm-hmm. exactly you know, and that's I, why i i am glad that point was made because that's also a big thing for me and why i never ran from it when i started this work a lot of people are like oh don't you want to uh, people have approached me there was like your career is going to be better off if your portfolio looked a little bit more white i had a, i had a lot of people mm-hmm. review my portfolio you know funny wow. even down to a person from the community who reviewed it and she said i don't think you should have this much caribbean work on on your portfolio you know now if i catch wow. her you know how much work she's doing based on the Caribbean identity now? And I'm like, but mm. people disparage this when they weren't in a place to own who they were. And we let yep. society tell us that our work has to look white to be accepted and to make it big. And I don't believe that and it's never going to happen. I'm not going to I'm not gonna feel that way because th- there's so much validity in who we are just in ourselves. And there's nothing to right. be ashamed of. It's only to celebrate. Exactly. Yeah, and- the the voices for the beanie man and the bounty showed how far our yeah. culture reaches. Mm-hmm. So right. we definitely need more exposure and we need to jump off that cliff and expose ourselves more and yes. really push mm-hmm. because there are not enough of us out there. Hey, hey, yeah. Adani, Adani, what we need to do? We need to break out? Uh, yes! Hey. That's hey. why it's called break out, though! I have to. That's I just the- have to. <laughs> ah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, um, I guess we're at the end of the episode anyway. Well, I had a, uh, okay, a, another had one, thing I one wanted thing to, to, say. to bring up. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Um, I didn't want to... I, I love everything we spoke about today, but I don't want to lose... Um, um, emphasis on how much you are doing to push that Indo-Caribbean narrative, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to just hear a bit about, um, like, your experience in kind of deciding to portray that and kind mm-hmm. of the reception that you've had because I guess you don't really see those stories, right? And for me, right. like, my dad is Guyanese, but I grew up in St. Lucia and I feel mm-hmm. like the like Indian culture I don't know I feel like it comes stronger like when it's your mom or something like that or there's an Indian female (laughs) in the house maybe that yeah like so like having a Saint Lucia and mother and growing up in Saint Lucia me and my my brother and sister didn't feel as connected to that Guyanese in you know Indian side Mm -hmm. we grew up Catholic not Hindu so even by extension meeting up our um 
Indian cousins who, you know, grew up in Canada or whatever, but with like a super, you know, Indian household, mm-hmm. they, um, you know, have pujas and wearing their saris to weddings and going to India right. and like all of those things. But I, even if I'm half Indian, I don't necessarily like feel that connection or even right. for my cousins growing up, like they have that strong identity in them, but there wasn't that kind of portrayal in the media or even kind of how you started to portray the visual imagery of even like having people with their bindi and a, and a like jersey on, you know, just kind mm-hmm. of that duality and like mixedness, right? Right. So you want to so kind of is, talk about that? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's funny because the reason why I did this work is actually very similar to what it, you had just said to me. And mm-hmm. it's because there's a, you know, a common misconception, one that Guyana is all Indian when, you know, it's it's a very mixed place, as we know, and my family is a bit mixed, then there's a lot of different backgrounds and flavors in there. Aside from it being mixed ethnically, we are very mixed religiously, okay? So my mom's mm-hmm. side is, when before she got married, they're Hindu. My dad's side is Muslim. My grandma was Christian. And mm-hmm. I grew up in such a way where I grew up in an Islamic household. So I'm Muslim, I'm a practicing Muslim. And I feel that that is why how I identify as Indo-Caribbean is different because mm-hmm. I I was not going to pujas. I mean, I did go to family members when they had weddings and that's when I would wear a right. sari or something like that. Other than that, that's not how I identified with my culture. Mm-hmm. And so it became very complex to me after college. I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't feel like you said that same connection that maybe Hindu Guyanese people or Hindu Indo-Caribbean people might feel. I feel a different connection because my identity and my religion are very separate. Whereas for Hindu people, their religion and their identity go a little hand in hand, hand their culture and their religion. For me, my religion is very, very, very different than the Caribbean culture. As we know, you know, Mm -hmm. Islam is very conservative, very modest. And then me as a Caribbean person, I was very you know, got in trouble for me and going out in my shorts and my, and this and that. And I always dressed a little provocative and different. And I always had color in my hair. And how I felt was more of feeling that Caribbean vibe, like we talk about. Mm-hmm. And I wanted mm-hmm. to portray that feeling so that it was universal, even to people who may not practice Hinduism and have that connection to the culture from their religion and from what they wear. And so that's really how I started this work to say, well, yes, we can have these cultural components and still own them. For example, the bangles, the bindi, the jewelry, the outfits. But how does it speak to who we are across the board? People like you who maybe lived in different islands and and experienced something different. Because our experience, we're not on a a spectrum. There's Indo-Caribbean people that fall into all different brackets, but a lot of the times the media only portray us kind of passing for South Asian. And I think there's so much more to what we look like and who we are that needs to be explored and is what I'm going to continue doing through my work for the rest of the year. I'm kind of shifting away from even that visual look of the Indian look and sort of like, well, who are we? Strip all of that away. Take the jewelry off, this clothing who are we and what do what people, what should person. they understand about us? Exactly. And that's what I want people to carry, especially as 
there's a lot of first gen people that are going to come and bring second gen people. And as we continue to be a little more removed from our homelands, how do we explain to people who to understand who they are so they don't lose themselves? Yes, we could talk about the Sari and the Julie forever, but that won't allow our lineage and our our history to live on. We have to do more work. Mm -hmm. And that's why these visuals are so important to me because I'm trying to get people to click to a narrative that may be a little bit more universal or anyone can relate or anyone can see themselves so that they have something to hold on to and something to explain later on or feel seen or heard. And um, that's essentially why I found this work to be so important. And it was hard to explain to the community because the community is so used to seeing the Indian, the very Indian representation of us. And also I tell people this all the time. So my partner, his parents are from India. So he's a first generation of Indian um, parents, right? And this is how I knew this work had to be done. Indian people and Indo-Caribbean people are very different. And I need Indo-Caribbean people specifically to understand that. Our food mm-hmm. is different. Our, yeah. The way we speak and act and live is different. The mm-hmm. only thing that we are holding onto is the thread of the saris that we still wear. That is mm-hmm. it. Wow. And it's time for me personally, that, that why I included Indo-Caribbean in the Brockout narrative and why it's important to me to do the work in a circle, including Latin Caribbean, including Afro-Caribbean, is because there's a new identity we're refusing to honor in the Caribbean. We have gone through so much pain so much trauma, and now it's bonded us, all the people in Caribbean together in a way that's unique to us. And that identity has to be seen and heard and understood so that we can move past of these clinging on to diaspora narratives that one, don't even want us half the time, and two, don't explain us 99.9% of the time. And that's why this work is so important to me because we have to get a strong footing in who we are, or we're going to get knocked down straight up. <laughs> this, this world's going to knock you down because we live in, in a very different time now. And, and yeah, I just want to pay honor to the Caribbean. I don't, if people say Indo-Caribbean and I feel like they just don't understand why the Caribbean part is under identity. They only see Indo. There's a reason why mm-hmm. there's a hyphen and there's a reason why we're both and why there's unique parts to carry. And, you know, well, like you mentioned, I was saying it's more than wearing a sari, eating some roti, yes. and quarreling about yes. whether it's curry chicken yes. or chicken curry. Right? Chicken, <laughs> oh, I, I, one thing I think I want to put in my disclaimer for the rest of my life is if we're if I'm talking to someone, I'd be like, you are not allowed to ask me this question because I will hang the phone up or hang the call up or walk away from you. Like this is such a silly issue. Listen, whoever's cooking the curry, invite me. I'm coming to eat. I don't care what you put in front and what you put behind. If I'm hungry, both is going to fill my belly. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> that's that. Uh, Sharifa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for the work. That thank you, you for do. having me. Seriously, uh, like this, so this was... This was so much, so very needed. I don't know if I can explain to you how much this was like such a great place to to be in for this past hour. So thank you so much for inviting me to talk with you guys. Well, we're always here, Sharifa. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. You're going to have to block me now. (laughs) It's all about networking and connections. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, but but truly, thank you so much for joining us and and having this conversation because I think it is a really important um, conversation that we need to have and continue to encourage um, throughout other you know members of our culture and yeah. and and group. Um, um, keep up the great work. I'm excited to see what you have coming for June and July. Um, I, you know, from the time I kind of came across um, Brook Out and your photography page, um, I was like, yes, this is like what's needed. I love it. Um, so I can only imagine you have only bigger and better things to come. Um, so those of you listening, um, be sure to follow Breakout Media and Shea Shots. Um, is that what you are on everything? Yes. I usually say Media to be specific because okay. unfortunately there there is a Breakout Media Instagram, which if anyone knows who owns it, I need to get that deleted. But that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, we got a same problem. But... <laughs> we know that feeling. Well, let me yeah. let me know. Let me know. I'll be if I find anybody, I'll let you all know because it's, I always have to say break out dot dot meaning dot. <laughs> oh, guys! It's been another episode of the Caribbean Millennials podcast, guys. We're out. Bye, guys! Thank you so much.